ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Happy Easter. Please welcome a man whose children have forced him to reevaluate the whole of Easter. It's Richard Herring. Hello, my finest friends. Welcome. Thank you very much. Happy Easter. It's Easter Monday. I'm saying that for people listening to this podcast in July. Because <laughs> it's all Easter topical material that's coming up. Why is he talking about Easter? He's gone insane. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, I was talking to the Easter Bunny <laughs> yesterday. Get to pop round to deliver some Easter eggs. I'm very upset about that. I don't really understand the backstory. Where it's come. It's an ill-defined mythical character. I would say. Anyway, he calls it, or she calls it, whichever shadow. I didn't look at the, didn't look between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it Ranlister, but I was. My daughter actually uh, said to me, um, uh, <laughs> "Was uh, what well, was the actual question? Was the Easter Bunny born the day that Jesus died?" That was why I was. Which I think that would that would make sense. That would be, you know, his, as he was on the cross, his blood fell to the ground and then a little mythical cartoon bunny jumped up that could shit out eggs. That would be... They should make that how it started. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? That makes sense. Uh, I, I do have another child-based Easter theme thing for you. Uh, my son has been starting to write stories. Uh, he thinks that uh, fairies and angels are the same thing, uh, I should say. Uh, and this is a, a story he's, he, he dictated. He can't write yet. He's four years old. It's called Jesus and the Angry People. He's very obsessed with Jesus, like his dad. Uh, Jesus was had magic powers, and it was very dangerous. And then one day, Jesus, he knowed how to control his powers, because when he was a grown-up, he made people live again. And then Jesus died on a cross, and they put him in a coffin as well. And then the fairy angel made Jesus alive again, and then the angry people found Jesus, and Jesus made a sword with his magic powers, and then he killed all of them. <laughs> Which is very like, if you're an aficionado of my work, uh, the three men uh, fight the men of Fice, which is a story I wrote at a similar age, which was all about uh, Pharisees killing each other. <laughs> uh, so it's good to see that's passed on, but that's a nice little story from my lovely Easter story. <laughs> the vengeful zombie vengeful Jesus he made my wife draw all the coffins of the dead uh, angry people as well I think Jesus should do more stuff like that right anyway I also have to thank uh, backer Trevor uh, and we said what was there anything you would like us to say and he says I'm good thanks um, so let us crack on uh, my guest this week uh, is probably best known for playing Lindsay the Wizard in I Am Tim Helsing. And that's why we're all here today. Will you please welcome the incredible Amy Gladwell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Come in. I'll pour you some water. Hello, oh, thank you. Hello. Be Tough polite. You know, they're not. They're very. They don't know how to deal with, uh, you know, social situations. A oh, lot of these oh. people. So they were confused by being a, a woman talking to them. <laughs> for most, on the most part, it's never happened before. They didn't know what to say. But 
Well, well done, you did very well. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You're drinking, oh, right, you're drinking cherry Coke. Pepsi Max cherry. Okay. Different to cherry Coke. Okay. Much, uh, it's superior in okay. every single way. All right. Oh, controversial start. The taste of a new generation. That's what I understand. <laughs> About six generations ago, it was anyway. At least, uh, was the Easter Bunny born the day that Jesus died, Amy? Can you uh, can you help me with that? Is yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds makes sense, doesn't it? He slash she was born that day in a cave. Yeah, probably pushed the boulder. I haven't thought about Jesus in a cave for a long time. <laughs> But I think Jesus went in the cave, died, and then the Easter bunny came out of you, the cave. Oh, do you think that Jesus died by going in a cave? <laughs> he was what, do you think he was sort of exploring a cave and got stuck? <laughs> there was no one to come and get him out? I think he died before he got in the cave. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, the, all right, okay, so he was already dead. Yeah. Is that what science yeah, is saying? Yeah, they stuck him in a... That's what... <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't, it would be weird if he was still alive when he went in the cave and then he died and then he came alive. It would sort of explain it if he was a... Some people think he hadn't died at all. He was either pretending or he just was nearly dead. Yeah. And then they got in a, he had a little rest and he got well again. <laughs> but it could be magic. That I mean, how would you ex- how would you explain the Turing Shroud if, that, if, you'd, if, you'd, if he didn't come back to life again? QED. Good question. What, what annoys me about the Easter story is it says Jesus was, you know, three days yeah. in the tomb, and he wasn't three days, and he died on Good Friday evening, and he woke up on Sunday morning. That is like thirty-six hours maximum. <laughs> it's I not even. It's not even two days. <laughs> it's a day and a half. So the Christians can fuck off. <laughs> they think I'm now. If he'd been dead for three days, I'd be impressed. But a day and a half. Maybe not even that long. Takes him a little while to get to the cave. Yeah. That's where he dies. <laughs> and getting out of the, the cave. Well, the Easter Bunny pushed, pushed Easter back the... Easter Bunny, yeah, yeah. Pushed back the thing for him. Thought it was an egg. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, anyway, lovely to see you. Thank you for coming on. Nice I'm not going to just ask you about... Um, I'm gonna ask, this is a new emergency question that's got based on uh, right. what my listening habits to audible books and podcasts. Yeah. Just so we get to know you a bit before okay. we discuss who you are. Great. What speed do you listen to podcasts uh, slash audiobooks on when you listen to them? Do you listen to them at normal speed or do you, do you speed them up? really pathetic. What? I slow them down. Slow them down. How <laughs> speed? Oh, God. Because I listen to them to fall asleep. Yeah. Mm, yeah oh yeah it's a good it's a good tip i can't sleep if it's quiet mm-hmm. which is really a great quality uh for somebody who's sleeping in a bed next to me i'm sure that's very annoying um but i need some noise and um before i found the calm app yes i was on uh audible and if you just really slow it down everything sounds really soothing okay. so even if it's like Psycho. It's like <laughs> she stepped into the shower, and you're like, ah, oh, this is lovely, and you can just fall asleep yeah, to terrible, good. terrible murders. <laughs> I've started going one and a quarter or one and a half. Oh, because you get through things a bit faster. Though I was listening to some podcasts with Daro Breen and them at that speed, and that was quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to get there. But then I put it up to two, just because that's as high as it can go. You go twice as fast. Oh yeah. That's too far. Is I don't know. Does anyone listen at two times? Yeah, do you? Got you busy, are you? Got two. <laughs> I've got so much to do. <laughs> to listen. 
Do you get through twice as many books? Yeah, that's why. That's why how it works, isn't it? Would you do three times if you could? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She talks quite slowly, doesn't she? Yeah. It's interesting. I'm going to ask everyone that now. About the it's good, good, good new emergency question, Andy. What do you think? Thank you. <laughs> Very, I'm pleased with myself. It's, you know, it's hard to come up with a new one. When you've done about 5,000 emergency questions, you have to be proud, proud when you come up with a new My kids write most of them now. Do they? Yeah, so the, that's the Easter Bunny one. Yeah. My son's one. one is, do ghosts have bum holes? Do you have a... I think I've, <laughs> I think I've answered it, but you know, you're welcome to have a crack. <laughs> it wasn't even as fun. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. Do you think so? I don't think they do. You don't think no, they don't mouths? have internal organs, do they? So why would they? They have whatever they're wearing. But they have mouths. Because they have mouths on their faces when they die. They don't have mouths if they're wearing a mask. They just have a mask. <gasps> if they're wearing pants, which they all do, and you never see a naked ghost, you never see a ghost with a poo hanging out of its bum, even though <laughs> lots of people must have died that way. <laughs> so I don't think they do have a bum hole. But, but if they died naked, If they, they did, would. but when's, when's the last time you saw a naked ghost? Oh, <laughs> Easter Sunday. <laughs> um, that's fascinating that yeah. you don't think that. So you think that they don't have genitals or anything? I think they're just the apparition of whatever they were when they died. So, you know. Well, there are a lot of assholes that have died. <laughs> <laughs> but they're wearing whatever they were wearing. They can't change, can they? Because they, cha- they would change their clothes with the fashions. And it would be hard to spot them. They were, wouldn't it? If they could just go, I'll put on some modern day clothes. That is true. They have to wear whatever they were wearing and that's how we know they're ghosts. Also, you can see through them. Also, they don't, they don't exist. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever seen a ghost, Amy? No, I haven't. No. I worked at the York Dungeon, so I played a oh. zombie for okay. many years. <laughs> the you. famous York zombie the was fam- that? <laughs> famous York zombie. Well, you had to play all different types. Okay. So uh, my favourite role was plague victim. Okay. Pretty good at that one, thank you. Because yeah. uh, I was mainly hungover, and you do- <laughs> and you can be really method. Yes. With that, and be like, God, she looked awful, and you're like, oh, and I, wow, what, <laughs> what range. Um, so Plague Victim was really good. Um, sometimes you'd have to play Dick Turpin's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, but she had a southern accent, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd just do that one very quietly. Why did they know who Dick Turpin's girlfriend was? I don't know. Why did she have to have a southern accent? She's just a made-up character, presumably. I think in no, I think there is like facts to okay. do with Dick Turpin. Okay. <laughs> like just, Easter Bunny. Because she's called Dick Turpin's girlfriend. I oh, thought yeah. maybe that... <laughs> she was probably we didn't a have more that detailed much information. thing. <laughs> I think she was called Molly. Molly. Oh, yeah, that makes, yeah, makes it was sense. Probably, yeah. Dick and Molly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sounds nice. Um, but no, because Dick Turpin was... He had a southern accent, didn't he? I thought he was, I thought he was a northerner, Dick Turpin. I think I mean, he was what's hung... he doing in the York fucking dungeons? He was... if he's not from he York? He was hung in York. Okay. According to Molly. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is why I got sacked yeah. from the dungeon. <laughs> um, he was hung in York, but I think he was Southern. Okay. Does anyone, Andy, do you know? You don't know anything no. about Dick Turpin? Noel sure. Fielding's playing him in a new uh, drama. That's true. So we shouldn't get Noel. I mean, if I could have got Noel Fielding on, he, he would be on now. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> 
Maybe I should talk to him. I wasn't expecting yeah, Dick yeah. Turpin to come up in this. <laughs> Maybe we could, I could give him a ring. We Do could it just now. give him a ring. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> He's probably putting his kids to bed. Um, so, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm sorry good. I'm not no feeling. I really am. I really am. I, we, we all are. <laughs> So, Amy, it's lovely to see you. I, I, we worked out that uh, you did, you, you met your uh, partner who you do the delightful sausage with, Christopher. Yeah. Uh, on stage here, well, yeah. here doing the new act, Leicester Square Theatre new act, which I was comparing for pizza and beer, and I don't remember <laughs> anything about because I was drunk. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So this, this, you used to work at this theatre. Yeah, well, so I did that competition, yeah. so, it's, so it's for new comedians, and um, I was living in, uh, I'm from Hull, I think I was living in Hull at the time, and I came down and I got to the final of this competition here, and I was like, this is a huge deal, you know, I'm at the Leicester Square Theatre, so what I immediately did after getting to the final, because I think this is like pure working class brain, I asked the manager if I could have a job behind the bar, <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> so I moved to London and then I worked here every night and couldn't gig or do any comedy. And I was like, I don't know if I've done this right or not. <laughs> I think I've done it wrong. <laughs> but I worked here and it was great. I got to watch this. So yeah. there's, there'll be ushers. Hello. I used to do your job. So I used to come and sit here if it was a good show. And if it was a shit show, I'd be like, I'll do toilets. <laughs> <laughs> so you could be a guest in another nine years. This could be you. Yeah. Should we just get you on? No, okay. Uh, it's not fielding, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, David Mitchell and Robert Webb both worked as ushers at uh, the Lyric Hammersmith. Did they? Yeah. They had quite a bad time, I think, because when oh. I did a benefit the Lyric Hammersmith, they wouldn't come and do a gig there because they didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> but oh, it's good dear. to see you back here. So you had a nice yeah, time here. I did. Bit. And what the best thing about um, working somewhere like this, I used to work here and I used to work at Latitude Festival. And so I'd work with um, comics um, but when I was unknown and just doing, uh, I'm still unknown, but doing like just <laughs> open spot gigs and you get to know who's horrible yeah. and who's not. And you were nice. I was like, Phew. Yeah. <laughs> lucky yeah <laughs> but there's a few that aren't <laughs> and it's been really good because now i'll be on the bill with them and i'll be slightly frosty and they won't know why and i'm like yeah i got you back <laughs> well it's true you know but that is true there, and there are a lot of arsehole comedians but i also think like in the performing environment some people are more nervous and some people are more yeah insecure yeah some people are just assholes though I mean, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely i get before a comedian goes on stage oh nervous it's all right yeah, it's nervous. okay <laughs> just relax not Richard. the only one who doesn't usually talk to girls <laughs> 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 just imagine i'm a ghost with no genitals <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna that's make me hard to do the rest line. of the conversation yeah. that's my <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember what we're saying now. I'm just thinking about genitalless ghosts. Yeah. Um, no, don't know. So, when you met Chris, is it Chris, Christopher or Chris? Can I uh, call him Chris? You call him whatever you want. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, he, what, what was there something? Did you just get to know each other and say, let's do a double act? Or was it. Did you, was it, was it... So, I hadn't met Chris yet, but okay. I was 
in a sketch group with his now wife. Okay. Right, so he's in a sketch group together. There was four of us, but we all lived in different parts of the country. And so we binned two of them off, and just me and his wife, Nicola, were in a double act. And then she was saying, God, come and see my boyfriend do comedy. And I thought, oh, God, Nicola, I don't want to go see your shit boyfriend do a shit comedy show. It'd be terrible. And I kept putting it off. And then we met here, and I was like, oh, he's in the final. Like, he must be quite good. And then annoyingly, I watched him, and he was like incredible he was just like my favorite comedian which is really awkward if it's your friend's boyfriend because <laughs> that's a really difficult thing to navigate to be like oh i think he's amazing <laughs> but not in a sexy way like to me chris is a ghost with no genitals yeah. like being in a male female double act we, he there's just nothing sexual and <laughs> it's, he is a, a bumholeless ghost yeah. it's, it's just beautiful um, so, but, so I was like, oh, he's really, really good. And then um, Chris saw me and was like, oh, she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then what he did very cleverly was he got Nicola pregnant and took her out of the stand-up comedy game and then swooped in and was like, let's be in a double act. I was like, all right, let's do that. Um, um, we call the delightful sausage... And uh, we didn't think that name would stick. <laughs> we picked it a long time ago when uh, we just needed a name. Yeah, I was talking this about. Well, I was talking to Lazy Susan about, yeah. about, <laughs> yeah. about how, how difficult yeah. it is to choose a name, and yeah. then you are stuck with it if you're. Well, if you, you just think we'll successful. do a gig. What? Yeah. Oh, delightful sausage. And then like five years later, we're like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, when we first started doing it, one of us would dress as a sausage. And one of us would dress as a butcher. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, and we, but we'd take it in turns, who okay. was the sausage. Okay. And then gradually, he never wanted to put this... I mean, I'll be clear, it was like a really cheap one from Amazon, and it just looked like a turd. Like, there was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing remotely glamorous about it, and he stopped wanting to wear it. And then he was so clever that when we decided to do Edinburgh Festival for the first time, we had a photo shoot. And he was like, you, you put the sausage costume on. <laughs> and he just turned up in his nicest clothes. And we had this picture. And then because I was in the, the like hot dog costume for the picture, it was like, well, you're just, you just be the sausage now. And then for three years, I was dressed as a sausage. <laughs> And you dress as, you know, have you been the sausage costume? We binned it off. Yeah. He didn't want to. I think he's, he's scared that um, if, if, if the lady isn't dressed like a sausage, she might look like pretty <laughs> <laughs> and she might go further in a career or something. So he's like, yeah. you keep the sausage costume on. <laughs> Stand at the back. But no, we don't, we don't do we don't do sausage costumes anymore. And it's gone a lot better actually. Has it? Yeah. I yeah, the yeah, sausage yeah. I, I saw I saw your special yeah. on next up. So, oh yeah. So, I was dressed uh, as a sausage. You were dressed as a yeah. sausage, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thought, you know, you could probably do it without being dressed yeah. as a sausage. We made one joke about the sausage at the beginning and then never referenced it again <laughs> for three years. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot better because I think it's quite alienating <laughs> for an audience when one of you is just as a sausage and nobody's mentioning it. I think they're yeah. already like, no, we don't like this. And if you're really hungry in the audience, you might think, I'm like in a cartoon <laughs> and I'm seeing everyone as food. <laughs> and you might eat them. That's what it's sort of like. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but it's been very successful. You were nominated for your Twitter handle boasts oh. that uh, you, well, let me find it, you're the biggest titted Edinburgh nominee to date. It's true. Is Fact. it definitely true? Have you yeah, checked? I've, I've checked. Yeah, I've gone okay. through, <laughs> checked everyone's cup size. <laughs> You've got to take the wins where you can find yeah. them, and that one, at the moment, is mine. Okay, well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see so if, there are any, if there's anyone been nominated for an Edinburgh Award who has bigger tits. Do get in I'll touch so we, so we can... It's in the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> were uh, you nominated? I've never, no, I've never, never, been, been, nominated. No, never been nominated in uh, 26 years of the Edinburgh Fringe. You? But, you know, no, but like <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of... Yeah. A lot of the people who have gone on to be much more successful than yeah. me <laughs> haven't been. Stuart Lee never got nominated. Oh. Ricky Gervais never got nominated. Stephen Merchant. Uh, Bill Hicks didn't get nominated. They all did the Edinburgh Fringe. So in a way... <laughs> it's the best, the best people don't get nominated. That's what I, that's what I think. All small tits as well, actually. Small tits, yeah, they've all got small tits. Well, Stuart, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Stuart might take you on there. Um, Are you, uh, before we go on, are you ever mistaken for Amy Gledhill, co-author of BTEC National Sport and Exercise Science Student Book and Active Book for the 2016 specifications in brackets BTEC National Sport and Exercise Science 2016 end brackets? No. No, okay. But there is a, oh, there is another I there don't know what to advertise her, but there is another Amy Gledhill. And I have been mistaken for her and I, so she's I think she describes herself as an orgasm doctor. <laughs> no, honestly. It's true. And I saw her, I saw her when I was she... Googling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she describes herself as a lingerie model. Who I think couldn't have orgasms. For 11 years. Yeah. But now she worked it out. (laughs) 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 And she's... She teaches other people to have orgasms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not her. (laughs) Please don't at me. Um, have, you, have, you, have you had have you had people thinking that that you're her? I think some of the creepy DMs I get yeah. must be for her. Do you think so? I hope so. Yeah. They can't find a woman in a hot dog costume that attractive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a very sexual thing, a hot dog, though, isn't it? It's like a, a sort Actually, of yeah. sausage between two buns. So <laughs> like it's it's it, you're sort of you're asking for dirty DMs, where the, aren't you? <laughs> I don't think that's Dress, the right dressing like to have. That, <laughs> dressing up like a sausage. <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. I was only joking. Um, it's, it's, let's move on. I understand you nearly got a Rolf Harris tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. How do you know that? I know everything about you. Oh, yeah, I did. It's really lucky it's nearly, nearly very nearly, and just right just before he was uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Why did you want a, a, a tattoo of Rolf Harris? Oh, well, I, it, do you know what? This is awful to say now, but he's got some real banging tunes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple that, honestly, you don't want to like them, but you can't help it when they come on. You're like, all oh, right, this is a good one. <laughs> it's called Fine Day, like YouTuber. It's such a, it's a banger. And one night... Uh, with it's, got, it's got a didgeridoo and also bagpipes <laughs> in it, that song. <laughs> yeah, it it's does. not that much of a banger. 
It starts with a didgeridoo. You think, can this get any worse? And then some bagpipes come in. <laughs> I think it might be the only record in the world with a didgeridoo and bagpipes. Just need an accordion to come in next. And it's got the oh my God, it triple does. whammy. But yeah. when the beat kicks in, no? Yeah. You see, you're not a fan of it. It's really good. Like, it is really good. But we, I, I did was... make me think, oh, I must get a Rolf Harris tattoo. <laughs> well, so I, I yeah. discovered this song at like a house party with some close friends. And it was like, we got to sort of 5 a.m. and we were listening to this song over and over again. It was like, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> and I was like, right. And my friend could do uh, prison tattoos. <laughs> right. So I was like, this is it. Tattoo me. I want a Rolf Harris tattoo. <laughs> and what I genuinely, at this time, I wasn't sober <laughs> in any way, but at the time, what I really thought I wanted was <laughs> the word Rolf under one boob and the word Harris <laughs> under the other. I really, I really thought that would be like genius. <laughs> I thought it'd be so good. And I... <laughs> I also thought, like, because the only people that would see it would be in a very privileged position. <laughs> and I thought, if they don't get it, they don't deserve to be there. <laughs> if they don't get how good Rolf Harris is, they don't deserve to be there. Yeah. And, um... But my friend could could only find the ink. He couldn't find his thing wow. to do it. Yeah, so he didn't get it done. But then, twisting the story, my friend died. God. I know. So then I was like, right, how do I commemorate him? And I was like, I'll get the tattoo I was gonna get <laughs> of Rolf Harris. So then I booked it in in a shop, which was mad because ringing up during the day. <laughs> when you're not drunk saying, hello, I'd like a Rolf Harris tattoo, please. <laughs> I'd like Rolf under one boob, Harris under the other, yep. Yes, I am sure, thank you. And I booked it in, and then it was in about three weeks' time, and then a, about a week before the appointment, yeah. his house was surrounded by police. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, just scratch that out, the diary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't Harris like a nickname? It wasn't like a euphemism for ass, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, so I really I should have Rolf on your vagina and uh, Harris on your ass. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be helpful. And then you might be able to... You'd have to make it Ruffle rather than Rolf, wouldn't you? You'd have to change it round. Ruffle? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really glad to get it done. Yeah, so I, I mean, got, I think um... even if he hadn't been <laughs> outed as a paedophile... I think it would still have been weird. I think I could have, you know, someone could have really liked you and then seen Rob Harris in <laughs> and still gone, I'm not sure I want to be involved anymore. I think it would have been a bad move. I think aside from having a spider's web put on your face, that's probably the, the worst tattoo you can get. Well, I nearly got Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and then I could have just scribbled Andrew out. It's been like the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, just keep one covered. Nice. Yeah. You could have had 10,000 men sort of from various points <laughs> up your breasts. <laughs> Come on, it's when pretty, it's up, pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. 
Um, <laughs> um, did you have? A, I couldn't find anything more about it than the title. But did you have a show called "The Girl Before the Girl You Marry"? Oh, this is going to be my new. show. Oh, is show? it the new show? Okay. Oh, it's good that that's already online. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So we're, that's a very good uh, title, I think. Do you think yeah, so? Yeah, I like it. I'm immediately Thanks. intrigued. Well, if you've not done it yet, you can't tell me much about it, presumably. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you written? I think you know. I think if the if the COVID has taught us anything is don't write your Edinburgh show too soon. Yes. Don't start yeah. until June or July, <laughs> which is what I always did. So I've been proven correct. Uh, you are going to be up at Edinburgh. Is you going to be doing that show in Edinburgh? Or you just just you're doing the delightful sausage, right? In Edinburgh? Doing both. You're doing both. Yeah. So you right. can come and see the sausage <laughs> at twelve forty-five, and then I'm going to do my show at half three. So I reckon just get it all done, get all the adrenaline done. Yeah. Bed by six pm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it'll work. That can work, and you can see some other shows. It's quite, it is quite yeah. good to do afternoons, especially with if you like watching comedy, because most of the yeah. comedy's on uh, late. You won't be able to see my show. When's your uh, show? One ten, which is just this though. Oh. You'll be able to listen to it afterwards if you're that bothered. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen this show a lot by the sounds of things. So well, let's talk about Yorkshire before we talk about more about your career. You were born in Hull. I was born yeah. in Pocklington. Were you born in Pocklington? Yeah. yeah. But I left Yorkshire when I was four years old, so I don't remember much about it. Do you class yourself as a Yorkshireman? I do. That's nice. My, my family are all from Middlesbrough, which was in Yorkshire, and I think it might... Is it back in Yorkshire now, Middlesbrough, or is it still in... It was in Teesside. That doesn't mm. exist anymore, does it? Andy McKay, does it still exist? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> it used to be Yorkshire. I could have played cricket for Yorkshire because I was born in York, near York anyway. Oh. But I wasn't very good at cricket. That's, 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 where, that's, that's where I went wrong. And I wasn't racist enough as well. That's, that was the other... I was, quite, I was quite racist, but I wasn't... They said, it's just not good enough. I said, I'm not saying that word. They said, you can't come. Let's just find out if you really are born in Hull. Oh, go on. What is the tallest building in Hull? Yeah, suddenly with the facade falls away. <laughs> oh no, I'm really a posh Londoner. You got me. Um, is it the um, the? It's the brick tower thing. Is it? Is it an industrial it building? It's a tower. It's a tower. It's fifty-seven meters tall. If that helps. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it might. You might. It's the main tower of the whole Royal Infirmary. Is that what you were thinking of? No, it's not. They're 57 metres tall. Oh, my God. That's what the internet says. It's the tallest building in the city and has stunning views reaching across to Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Have you, ever been up, have you ever been up the Royal Infirmary Tower? Yeah, I yeah. have. Because Ward 13, which is the top one, is a children's ward. Okay. And because I'm very cool, when I was a child, I was very ill and used to go to hospital okay. and go to uh, school in hospital. Did you? Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> mm, so I was a very... Uh, a loser as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like very ginger, very asthmatic. That's not... Ill. You don't go to hospital for being ginger, though. I was so ginger. They <laughs> <laughs> were like, let's keep her away from everybody else. No, why was it... I used to get... Uh, oh, I got ostomolitis, okay. which is like... Um, I mean, this isn't very, like, sexy chat, but it's an infection in your bone. Okay. And, uh, it's not meant to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> What is this then? <laughs> what was all that bumhole stuff? 
<laughs> Told you about Rolf Harris. Like, <laughs> it really has been quite sexy. <laughs> it has been quite sexy. It has been quite, but it doesn't have to be. We can, okay. we can disgust people with bone diseases. Is that what it is? <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Some people like that as well, so you have to cater for all tastes. <laughs> Should it be like ASMR? Then I got a bone infection. <laughs> um... But anyone can get it. It's just like, you know, like how you get a cold or mm. COVID or whatever. It's just an airborne thing. And I was fine. And then my knee started hurting. And uh, my mum did the typical northern parent thing of like, oh, put some ice on it. And fuck off, basically. <laughs> and it just, it got worse and worse and worse. And then she said, as, like a, as a punishment, she was like, well, do you want to go to A&E? Is that what you want? <laughs> like, yeah. She was like, oh, right. Uh, okay, right. Uh, so we went, and they were like, oh, yeah, whole leg's infected. Um, and they just had to put me on antibiotics for ages, but then I was allergic to them, so then I ended up staying in the hospital for a long time and going to school there. And it's really brilliant, because the nurses who... Oh, the teachers can't tell you off, because you're ill. Right. So you can be like... Not doing my homework because my leg hurts. And they're like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was the only kid in the class. Right. So I was top, top. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's very difficult to get bullied if you're the only kid. So I was like, here we go. Yeah. Being ginger and asthmatic and chubby, it's my time to shine <laughs> on Ward 13. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, yeah. Well, they didn't teach much because they didn't even teach you you were in the tallest building in Hull no, at the I time. No, I know. <laughs> so here's an interesting fact. You'd be able to wow. This might come up, they could say. And you could have wowed me. Oh. That's, a, I didn't, that's the best uh, response we've ever had to the tallest building in the, t the hometown of Person Question. <laughs> Haven't done it for a while, but, uh, you know... That's the thing with emergency questions. They can open up new worlds. Are you, is it, how are your bones now? Oh, they're all right. All right yeah, now? they're yeah. all right. Because Daro Breen's got a thing with his knee as well. Part of his femur fell off. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. We'll talk to him about that next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got, I just thought I'd have a, I'd have a knee injury disease-based week. <laughs> you know, I always theme these shows. I work very carefully saying who will go together. <laughs> And didn't know about your niece, so that's very nice to that's very oh, nice God. to know. Um, <laughs> very nice to find out about your knee. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, yeah, and you've also so you do writing, you do yeah. acting. Yeah. You, you were the Carolina Hearn Bursary Awarder in twenty nineteen ish, eighteen nineteen. So what's that's a, that's a sort of they give that every year to a promising new writer or comedian. Yes, or both. Um, funny writer. Writer, perf writer slash performer right, okay. it's for. So the first winner was Sophie Willen, yeah. who's done Alma's Not Normal with her bursary. Mm -hmm. Amazing. She's won BAFTAs, she's won everything. Then the second year they gave it to me. And I just, you know... <laughs> still working on it. It's hard, isn't it? It's it hard. hard writing. It's hard when the person before you's literally smashed the shit out of it by writing the best sitcom anyone's ever been in. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just start this one again. It's, there's a lot of pressure. Um, but basically with that, you get to have um, a sitcom developed. Doesn't mean it'll go on the telly, but it means somebody will give you notes on it and go... 
this isn't going on the telly. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll try again. Thank you. Which has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, but yeah, it's hard. What's it? what have you got? Have you did you have a sitcom idea or is it still under wraps? Yeah, no. Um, so it's it's about well, it's based on the girl before the girl you marry right. kind of thing. Um, which is like a love triangle that is set in the York Dungeon, actually. Yeah, there you go, nice. Yeah, there you go. Plague victims in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Turpin's girlfriend can be in it. Um, yeah. yeah. So and you're in Alma's Not Normal, right? Yes. Yes, because I yeah, saw yeah, a clip yeah. of you being very funny in that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I got to work with Dave Spikey. Yeah. He's nice. Yeah. He's a good one. Lovely. <laughs> that's the first thing I always ask when somebody mentions someone it's like oh are they nice <laughs> and he is nice so I can say that that's good <laughs> yeah but a lot of people said that about Jimmy Savile <laughs> and Rolf Harris to be fair <laughs> a lot of people said they weren't though as well listen to those people <laughs> what I would say. Um, <laughs> um, right, I'm going to ask you. I'll let, I've got so I've got a brand new newish emergency question. I want to ask you uh, if you were like a caterpillar, but you were still you. Yeah. Uh, and you uh, went into a chrysalis and yeah. dissolved, yeah. and then you could come out. But you can come out as anything you want. It can be another person. It can be another thing entirely. It can be you, just different. What would you come out of if you could choose what you'd come out of the chrysalis? Oh. That's a great question. I know, it's good, isn't it? That's why, that's why I sprung it on you. Do you know what? I think I'd like to be... You know when you go to the theatre and you get a little ice cream <laughs> and then you sit down and you go, oh, I don't have a spoon, but then you open it and there's a little spoon in the lid. Yeah. I think I'd like to be that little spoon. Okay. <laughs> 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 Just like a little treat and you go, oh, no, and then you go, oh... Of everything, so you would just be the spoon, yeah, or you would have the spoon, no, no, because you could be, be you and you could have the spoon in your head or something, no, no, no. <laughs> then you just always have a spoon. I think I'd just like to be, be the spoon. little spoon, I think it's a useful, spoon. but then, but maybe I'd be like single use plastic and actually part of the problem, yeah. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> they do have them made out of wood sometimes, yeah, splinters on your tongue, yeah, that's true. I regret it. I, I think if you would you be sent in or would you just be a, would you just want to turn into a dead plastic spoon <laughs> or would you be a, a sentient plastic spoon? Because I think if you were sentient and you're going thank thank you for using me, I think people go oh we won't throw her let's put let's clean her and, and give oh, her to someone true. else. So you'd always be used as a spoon mm -hmm. and you'd be multi-used multi-used. I mean it's a weird thing to choose I out of all I... the things you could be. <laughs> It's just the first thing that came I know, to me. I know, that's me why it's a good clear, question. Because you know, day, I was like, yeah. don't filter this. Go with your heart. <laughs> My heart is wrong. <laughs> Can I change it and say, yeah. like, oh, a big cat? <laughs> I don't know. Who, who this is why like? having three wishes is, a, is bad, isn't it? Because that's what people do. You go, I want to be a spoon from the top of an ice cream. I didn't, I didn't think hard enough about it. And then you'd undo that, and now you're a cat. You've only got three wishes, and that's oh, it. You're fuck. stuck as a big cat. Oh, okay. Well, okay, my last one is the one I'm going with. Okay. And it's I'm going to be... Um, God, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're like, well, Beyonce, but then she got cheated on. <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's really hard. Um, I'd like to be... Um, uh, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go on, say it, Amy. No, 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 no. no. Don't um, say. I'd, I'd like to just be the best version of myself, okay. Richard. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I That's sort know. of really what the question's about, what rather you... than just saying that. You have to say what the best version of yourself is. Oh, fucked it, haven't I? No, it's what good. Do you, good. What no, do you the, want uh, to be? What um, do you want to be? What did I say? What did I, th- I think uh, when I first answered it, I was going to be like a pile of rocks you could hide behind or something. It's, it's a hard question to come up with the answer to, isn't it? So you do come up with something useful first, I do, you? Know, you're like, oh, I just want to be of use. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a way of de- delving into someone's psyche and finding out what their, both their wishes, their dreams, but also what they, they fear they're lacking, I suppose. So what you fear, you, you just don't feel you're useful enough just in an ice cream spoons. eating situation. <laughs> just need a pack It's just spoons. when you're out with people, yeah, just carry some spoons with you. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Have a spoon in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> then if anyone needs a spoon, you go, do you want to borrow my spoon? Great. <laughs> so we don't need to do the whole chrysalis thing. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is a true story. I've, I read that you once did a gig in a corridor. In a what? Corridor. Oh, corridor. yeah, yeah, yeah. Corridor. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Um, I, one of the first gigs I did when I moved to... Because I lived in London, like I say, when I worked here and then moved back because I was like, that, I did that wrong. And when I, and then I've moved back. But when I first got here, so when I was quite new, I did a gig in Lewisham. Mm-hmm. Is that a place? Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. some fans Whoa. of Lewisham. Lewisham. And it was a really, no offence, rough pub. <laughs> it was really <laughs> scary. And uh, the guy who ran it, who I don't think runs gigs anymore... Um, showed me around the pub and he showed me to a room which was perfectly set out for comedy. There was about 30 chairs and a microphone and they were all facing the right way. And and I was like, oh, this looks nice. And he said, we're not going to do it in there. That's for the cinema room. And it's like, okay, well, where are we going to do it then? (laughs) And there was a corridor between the toilets and the bar and he just had a microphone stand and he said, we'll do it here. So nobody had paid for the gig at all. Nobody <laughs> wanted comedy. And um, he said, how long can you do? And I was like, brand new. So I was like, five minutes, maybe maybe seven. And he was like, right, do 15. <laughs> then <laughs> I was like, well, he's like, do 15. Then we'll have another act on and then just go back on and do the same 15 again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because the pub was really rough. And then he got his phone out and he started showing me pictures of his wife, very scantily clad. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then he was scrolling through and then he went, oh, that's me with a gun. And then kept going. <laughs> and I was like, I'll do 15, yeah, whatever you need, whatever you need. And um, I started doing the gig, like nobody was listening at all. And I was just sort of saying things into the ether. And he stood next to me, just heckling me. But he had a gun, so it's like, yeah, whatever you want, mate. He had a picture of himself with a gun. That's not the same as having a gun. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Yeah, it might have been like a water pistol. I'm going to show you another picture of me with a gun. (laughs) People don't do that. Don't go into banks and go, look, there's a picture of me with a gun, so I hand over all the money. It's a crazy. I want. There was one. I once when we were in Montreal, and this is like ninety six or ninety seven or something. Uh, and we did did a gig in a little club in in Montreal. And then there was a guy, quite a tough looking guy, who was 
making, you know, he was making a fuss and not really listening. And I really laid into him and he got taken out. He was angry with me and he got taken out of the room. Mm. And then when he got out of the room, he produced a gun. <gasps> and no. so he was in the corridor with a gun and was showing this gun. He didn't show, I mean, luckily he didn't point it at me because he was outside by the time he got the gun out. But I was being very cocky. And oh to turn this guy who was an idiot to a guy with a with a gun in the well in Canada. Ah. So that could have been it, couldn't it? That could have been it. That could have been it. <gasps> that was a real gun. That wasn't a picture of a gun. <laughs> but it, to be honest, he didn't show me the gun. That's it. The, to, if someone's got a gun and doesn't show you it, in a way that's scarier. Yeah, that is scary. Because then they get out and then go, I had that there all along. <gasps> then they shoot you. Oh my god! If he showed me a picture of him with a gun, I probably wouldn't. I, it's to be fair, I probably wouldn't have done the material. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a podcast, yeah. A lovely time with a Amy Gladhill. Yeah. What's what's the premise of the podcast? It's a really original premise, actually. It's very good. very good. Um, it's just it's like this one's very original, yeah. where I talk to a comedian. <laughs> yeah, so it's just um, talking to mainly comedians about what constitutes perfect day. Oh. Yeah, it's really nice. But and we set it up during lockdown there's something like lovely just like cozy and comfy to listen to but um comedians are really dark aren't they so <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a lovely time we're like oh how would you start your day and where would you be and just within three questions it's always it's a pit of despair right. <laughs> so it's like come on guys <laughs> let's keep it light i've got rolf harris here come on <laughs> but um yeah so it's 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 yeah it's really fun and uh, we've had some lovely guests on, but yeah, it's never it's never a hundred percent lovely. It's because it's like it's them questions where you say like, "How do you have fun?" Yeah, it, you you think you know the answers, but then you say things like, "I'd like to be a spoon in an ice cream tub." <laughs> you know, it's tough. It's tricky. It is hard. Yeah. but that's not. But that's you don't want it to be too nice. That's true. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice idea. What's your yeah. lovely? What would your be your loveliness? Would you if you if you were asked your own questions? Ooh. Would it come out nice or would it come out? I've been shot by someone because they didn't like my Rolf Harris tattoo. <laughs> a man shows me a picture of a gun. <laughs> um, my my lovely time would be uh, by the beach, something to do with the sea. Yeah. I really like the sea and I went to school by the sea. So it'd be something to do with the sea and wearing a big woolly jumper <laughs> and having Pepsi Max cherry and yeah. uh, enough crisps to put you into a coma. Okay. That's doable, I would say. I think you can How do that. How many packets do you reckon? Of, of crisps? Yeah. Uh, I think you and I could get through a lot of packets of crisps <laughs> before you went into a coma. Let's put a figure do on you, it. What, what size packets of crisps do you favour? Do you like the big the big packs or do you, are you talking little packs? Um, you're talking the child crisps or you're talking grown-up crisps? Oh, I think the man's challenging me to a grab bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go grab bag. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd go, but I'm going bigger than a grab bag. I'm Ooh. going like, you know, kettle crisps oh. or Tyrrell. Tyrrells are like now because kettle crisps are not as good as they used to be. <laughs> have I changed or have they? That's the question. <laughs> but uh, Tyrrells ridged salt and vinegar. They're salt the and vinegar? Salt and vinegar, Tyrrells ridged crisps are the best ones. Don't get the ones without ridges on. Don't come back to me and say, I tried the Tyrrells crisps without ridges and they were adequate. <laughs> come back when you've had the ridged ones. Big words, because salt yeah. and vinegar will take the skin off your lips. Do you not like salt and vinegar? Yeah, I do, but I, I, I've eaten enough to yeah. know after a full pipe of salt and vinegar Pringles, you will have burnt the inside of your mouth. <laughs> I don't like Pringles. All right. 
<laughs> That's why I was going on about the Tyrrells. I don't, I don't count Pringles as crisps. What? The danger of doing this is one of these, well, why Pringles now do an advert in the yeah. podcast. I'm going, hey, everyone, eat Pringles. They're great. Mm. <laughs> Pringles are fucking shit. I will never do, I'll never do an advert for them. They're like, you eat them and they just turn to dust in your mouth and it's just like, and then you go, this wasn't even a crisp, it was just a load of dust stuck together in a, to resemble a crisp. And it's got a weird aftertaste. Don't buy Pringles. Any, if Tyrrells are listening, come to me, baby. <laughs> it's like someone asked me, um, I like Soleros, right? I'm a big fan of the Solero. Exotic yeah. flavour only. Okay. The other ones, the berry flavours one, are fucking disgusting. <laughs> and if Solero want me to advertise them, I will, because it's my favourite under 100 calories treat. Ooh, is it under 100? Yeah, it's 96 calories. <gasps> I have one every single day. <laughs> I've got about 30 of them in my freezer in my garage. Because sometimes you go to the supermarket and you can't get them. So <laughs> if they're there, you have to buy a load of boxes. <laughs> and I have one a day. I've had one a day for, I would say, at least the last four years. So, if Solero want, I can give you a proper advert for that. But if you, if I have to say mixed berry, Solero is a nice. I'm gonna fucking kick off because they are the worst thing. It's like, it's like, it's like a balance of the universe. They've created a, the exotic Solero. They go, we have to balance the universe. It's too good. Let's make the shittest things ever. <laughs> That people, like a supermarket delivery, will go, oh, you wanted Soleros? They didn't have the exotic... Have the berry, you'll be happy with that. No, I'm not happy with that. You can, you can take them right back in your little van, mate. How dare you? Intense. <laughs> I feel very strongly, and I feel that strongly. Every anyone I advertise on this, that's how strongly I feel about their product. Um, <laughs> you've played the Hollywood Comedy Store. How was that? That's very impressive. I've never played in America. I've never. Have you? Yeah. Have yeah. You, you suddenly look like you hadn't done that. No, but you no, have done. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go, shit. I'm going to have to pretend I have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, so no, I did. What? Um, well, how? How did you? How did you end up doing that? Well, I went, uh, I went just travelling around America, um, and just did the sort of grifting thing of messaging who I could and being like, "Oh, get me on." Um, and I was doing a lot of open mics, and their open mics are crazy. Have you, have you never? I've never done. I've been. To, I've done Montreal, but yeah. not not open mic. But I, I you know, that, that was with the gun guy. The gun guy, gun and then guy. I've done it with other. I was talking about this because I was doing a, a thing about Billy Connolly the other day, but there was, um, and I'm sure I've mentioned on this, but I did, I did a gig in Montreal where it was all like stand-ups doing about four or five minutes each, but every American stand-up was just doing basically racist and sexist material, but because their dad was the race, or they, oh, right. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were allowed to do it, but it was just very old-fashioned material. It was, made me want to stop doing comedy forever. Oh, shit. Then I walked back to the hotel and I got in the... There was a little lift that takes you up one floor to the main lobby of the hotel and Billy Connolly got in the lift and started taking the piss out of the lift for five seconds, ten seconds. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I decided to carry on doing comedy. Oh, my God. 
god. That's lovely. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so tell me about your experience did rather you than mine. Bin, bin yeah, because you're the guest. Tattooed. You're the, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yes, yeah, so I was just doing like open mics and stuff, and uh, open mics there, you anybody at all can just put their name on a list. And there could be 40 comedians and you just, I mean, some were comedians and some were just like bewildered people that had <laughs> just gone, yeah, I'll put my name down, what is it? Um, <laughs> it was, it was, ama- but it's amazing because you see these like super slick, slick acts that are doing amazing stuff and you're like, God, this should be on the telly. And then you, you literally see like someone... Just screaming, just having a big scream for a bit. And you're like, yeah, absolutely fair enough. Um, but because I had a, an English accent and they don't know Hull accents are bad. <laughs> this is the crucial thing. They were like, wow, this is amazing. And then a guy who'd been on was like, I can get you one at the comedy store if you're interested. I was like, just a bit. Uh, so I did it and... I was still really new and definitely didn't have the material to be doing it, but the accent was enough. <laughs> and they, they're so good there. And they're just like, I got introduced as the Queen of England. Right. With a Hull accent. Like, wow, <laughs> it was mind-blowing. Um, and it was really good. And I met some um, comics out there who put me up. And they, they lived in San Francisco. And um, there was maybe about... 15 of them living in this house uh, and they all had like like one guy lived on the chair <laughs> and one guy lived on the sofa and one guy um, gave up his cupboard for me to stay in like but genuinely but it was like so cool and I, I'm still friends with them on Facebook and some of them are like on telly now hopefully they've moved to an apartment of their own and off the off the big <laughs> settee but um it was amazing just like seeing their commitment and and stuff to to doing stand-up and I think it's a bit like how um you know how comics live in Edinburgh where there's like eight of you on a floor yeah. um but you do it for the love but they did their whole lives like that yeah couldn't believe it I, get, I think it's you know but they I think in America it's probably harder to get going and it's sort of difficult, yeah. you know, the circuit in America to have to travel from city to city if you're doing that by bus or if you're doing it, you know, yeah. so it's, it's hard. Yes, um, yeah. But then the payoffs are big and that's what I felt about Montreal. There's a lot of people who are really actors trying, oh, really? To, trying to get the part. Well, certainly in the, in the 90s when we first went, I really felt that there was a lot of people who you felt they'd learnt a script yeah. And, and to the extent that if they went wrong, they would go, excuse me, and walk back a couple of paces so they were in the right place. And then, really? Yeah. Line. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, really weird. So I think that, I think that there's, you know, that's the dream. You get, you become a character in a sitcom. Ah, oh, that makes sense. You know, and yeah. then become a millionaire. So that's probably why it's worked. Which I suppose is sort of the Edinburgh dream as well, but on a... On a a temporary basis. Yeah, not to be a millionaire, just to pay off your Edinburgh fees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to be really to fingers crossed to break even. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to go to America? Would you like to? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. 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 I think so. I think. Um. I think they're in terms of sitcom and, and stuff like that. I think yeah. they're absolutely incredible. Um. But I. I. Apart from like Maria Bamford and stuff like that, I don't watch that many American comics actually yeah. stand up I and mean, when i do they're really good but they're they're so slick and i really like a shambles <laughs> and i just don't think they embrace uh chaos maybe as much as 
Yeah, there may be an element of that. I mean, Maria's really interesting because she's, yeah. you know, she's she's extraordinary. I think she's absolutely one of the best stand-ups in the world. Yeah. But you also think, how did this, how did you get through? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, how did you get through the first few years? It must have been really yeah. hard yeah. Um, for lots of reasons, but she's just astonishingly good. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there are... There's, I think the American sitcoms are so amazing. They've really got that sorted out. And it is, yeah. it is everyone's sort of the, the full package, which I guess you, is what you're doing, you know, you're writing, performing, acting, uh, solo, stand-up, double act. you kind of got all the bases covered. Fingers in as many pies as I can. Absolutely, why not? Why not? Yeah. You only need one of them to really work. Yeah, but I think also when you you know when you're young, you can go to Edinburgh and do two or three shows a, yeah. a day. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think it's a really good thing to do and try different things. But then it does start to get a bit older, and it starts to get <laughs> very exhausting. So you do half the festival <laughs> with one show that's just made up as you go along. <laughs> you don't have to do any work. That's what I imagine will happen to you in, when you're fifth when you're fifty five. <laughs> That's what I've imagined. <laughs> right, I'll ask you a couple more emergency questions and then we'll uh, let you go. Um, uh, I'll ask you, this, this was a more recent one as well, which is if all the museums and art galleries... In the, I say that, I've been doing this one for ages, but I love this one. Um, if all the museums and art galleries in the world got together and said, we love you and your stuff, Amy, you can have one thing from all, the, from all of our museums and art galleries to keep and you can take it home and it's yours... What art piece of art or historical artefact or whatever would you like to have? Oh. Could be someone from the York Dungeons, <laughs> <laughs> or it could be any, or it could be the Mona Lisa. It could be whatever you want. Do you know what I really love? Um, and I've seen it. Well, it's a replica, but I've seen it twice, and I get really emotional about it, and I don't know why. Especially when I tell you what it is. So there's um, Duchamp. Do you know? Uh, he's like a Dadaist, which I don't know much about, but I found out that he was making these things called ready-mades and he got a urinal, a toilet urinal, and signed it and was like, that's art. And uh, I think that's amazing because it's like <laughs> big finger up to a lot of things there, Duchamp. And I've seen it in, in San Francisco and I saw it, um, it's, it's in the Tate now. And I just love that it's, it's just a urinal. Mm -hmm. I think that's dead cool. And for my degree, because my mum doesn't think art's for her, any art... Um, I made her, for my final piece, I made my mum sit on a bench and eat some fish and chips. I was like, you don't have to do anything and you can be the art mum, you can do it. And my examiners came and had to just watch my mum eating some fish and chips on a bench. And like, I really thought, you know, like, when I was at uni, I was just like, this is so cool. This is mind-bending. And as soon as it was happening, I was like, what have I done? What have I done? And then my mum got the giggles and she couldn't stop laughing. And there was just like fish coming out. And she, she always has like a bit of... <laughs> my mum's great. But she always has a bit of kitchen roll in her sleeve. Do you know, like just in case and she was like absolutely like wetting herself and she's getting this kitchen roll out like spitting fish into it and my examiners like three of them <laughs> stood just like watching this thing happening and they don't know what it's meant to be but yeah um I think I did pass but <laughs> only like just but my point was like oh 
anything can be art, Mum. She was like, no. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> just leave it to the other people. <laughs> you could have had anything. You've just chosen to have a urinal. I can give you, I can buy you a urinal. Can you? Yeah, I can send you a, what kind of urinal do you want? Do you want the ones that's just like a, a little sort of oval egg on the wall? Yeah, this or one's quite a, a curvy one. Yeah. Just one that sort of sits halfway up the wall. Yeah. Because there's the trough type you can have that's a bit more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, I'll sort you out one Could of those. Could you? Yeah, I'll sign it for you. Would you? Yeah. I'd love that. Okay. Would you take that instead of a fee? Instead of a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely okay. would. Um, and urinal cakes is yeah. something I've only just learnt about. Yeah, they're great. They sound delicious. They do sound good. <laughs> I'm not totally scrumptious. I think one of the mad... We, <laughs> Peter Bainham used to do mad thoughts when we do, used to do Lee and Herring and on the radio. And I think one of the ones I came up with was the idea that, of eating one of the urinal cakes. That every no. time I go to the urinal, you think about eating one of those urinal cakes. Because <laughs> they look like they might be nice, but they're also covered in wee. So you're aware. And, you know, that you know they're probably not... Don't taste good. Even if you ate one from the packet, I mean. <laughs> but once a lot of men have weed on it. Yeah. Who'd have thought we'd go go into the gutter like that after such a draw oh, the art? Can yeah. I tell you as well? Yeah. Um, so at, on this uni course, yeah. one of the modules I did, because um, again, very cool, uh, before I'd done stand-up was about um, stand-up comedy. And it, I, my, my point was, can, can you talk about anything in stand-up comedy and can it be a, a force for social change, right? And at the time, you were doing um, the Hitler's moustache tour. Oh, yeah. And I based it on that. Oh, my goodness. So I didn't know when to tell you because I thought it might be awkward. But basically, <laughs> I did my dissertation on you. And... And, um, <laughs> and it proved that you can't do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, absolutely not. This shouldn't, <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. Um, and I interviewed you after a gig that you did in Darlington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you were really nice. That's, that's twice. It's I mean, twice. that is... To be once was a bit of luck. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> had to be okay. <laughs> Darlington, I'm trying to remember that. Is that that... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, think if I remember. I don't remember much. No. I'm glad I've written a blog for the last 20 years because it means I can find <laughs> out what I did. <laughs> but I do remember the gig in Darlington. It was in a big... Um, it felt like a, like a nightclub. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah I remember but that. it was really good. But I saw it a few times and then, yeah, luckily got to interview you. And then, so there were some brilliant quotes in my dissertation where I think maybe you'd even used a swear word and I felt very cool keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of my big influence on uh, the young generation of comedians. So, you know, it's nice... <laughs> Nice to have my work recognised in a fucking dissertation, isn't it? I don't need any, I don't need any awards or anything. <laughs> or people coming to see the shows. <laughs> so what's, uh, what I like to do is just be kept quite secret. Um, yeah. People to judge me on the bit of stand-up I do at the beginning of Rahalastapa. That's why I like, they, they, they decide that's what my stand-up is. Good. Um, so Edinburgh Fringe, yeah. August, all the way through. Delightful Sausage and The Girl Before the Girl You Marry. Yeah. It's a, it's a good title. Oh, thanks. I think it's a very good title. 
Uh, I'm very excited to see it. I can see, I can see that. I can't see the delightful sausage. Right? Which one's the one you're doing first? You're doing the delightful sausage. Delightful sausage first. Yeah, so yeah. I can see your stand-up show. So I'll come and see your stand-up oh, show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go and see Amy Gladhill, the amazing Amy Gladhill. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back next week. See you next week. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Amy Gledhill. Thank you to Scant Regard, who played this music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and everyone else who knows me. I would also like to thank the following Kickstarter backers, who are Sarah Bitchy Witchy Richie, Alan Webb, Paul, Barry Bailey, Earl Squirrelson, Lauren Gerrard, Adrian Ratcliffe, Little Jeff, Fiona, Chris Danger, Neil McCulloch, Callum Thomas, Rashad Maharaj, and get your name right, sorry, Rashad, Becky G, James Mansbridge, Ben Long, Derek Smith, Terry Westgate, Bushy, Kevin McDonald, Matthew Hothnesall, Aaron Cottam, Alex P, Paul Hadgett, Not Applicable, Dr. Andy Collin, Matt Phipps, Becky Fox, Jonas Hershey, John Chapman, Steve Lacey, Dave Vass, Operatic Bacon, Shane Brennan, and Chris James. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz on GoFasterStripe.com production. Head to richtaring.com slash gigs to find out where Rahalastapa is coming next. We're at the Edinburgh Fringe. Why not come and see us? 110 at the Assembly Ballroom. Everything's about balls these days, my fine friends. It's all about balls. <laughs>